it's a pleasure and a privilege to share the Word of God with you all today. Um, when we were preparing uh, for this, uh, I was thinking, this is an odd topic to talk about when we're enrolling junior soldiers, but um, talking about drought. Spiritual and real drought is a real problem for our Christians today. We just enrolled junior soldiers and renewed junior soldiers, and they're young in their uh, mission, and they're helping to help God and to uh, go out and to share the gospel. And we see that, and it's encouraging and inspiring to us who have been on this journey for so long. And sometimes we feel like we get to that point where it's a desert where we don't feel that spirit, that moving. Have you ever heard the statement, you can take the horse to water, but you can't make it drink? Yeah. And so many times in our lives, we allow ourselves to become part of this drought, this endless wasteland where it feels like we have no relationship or no hope of spending time or receiving the power of the spirit from the Lord. Before we go any further into this, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am so thankful for the opportunity that you've given us today. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word and to recharge and to rejuvenate ourselves as we continue to look deeper into your word today. Help us to remember that we can rely on you, that we can put our hope and our trust in you. For your name we pray. Amen. So as we look at drought, right? When you think of a drought, you think of what? No what? No water, right? The physicalness of drought, um, it's beyond anything that we can think. Thank you, Miles. Um, drought, nothing but wasteland, barren, right? Well, if we go back into Jeremiah, where we, the scripture was read from today, his ministry began around 627 B.C., right? So um, his prophecy to the Jews um, was going to be around, um, basically, you're going to be destroyed. <laughs> There's not going to be anything left. Imagine your whole mission in life is to tell an entire nation you have failed, you have not followed God's law, and now he's not only not going to ignore you, he's going to wipe you off the face of the planet. He's going to wipe you out. You're going to die. In fact, he initiates... Um, with Jeremiah, and it tells him that there's going to be a three-year famine. There's going to be a three-year drought with no rain. Nothing's going to happen. And then people are going to be dispersed, sent to all different countries, put into slavery. Hmm. Thinking about a drought. Thinking about a time without water. A time when you feel like everything is drying up. Have you ever had a moment where you just felt so dry, so wrung out that you had an, an ounce of energy, an ounce of power left inside of your body? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever been into a point where you were running or you've been in some type of activity and you just feel like so thirsty, so thirsty that you just would just crave just a drop of water? You see, when you think of physical drought, we think of no water. But when we think of spiritual drought, we think of no relationship with God. 
There's no connection. There's no communication. It says in Jeremiah 17, starting with verse 5, it says, Cursed is the one who trusts a man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. If you go back to Deuteronomy 28, 22, it says, The Lord will strike you with wasting disease, with fever and inflammation, with scorching heat and drought, with, blight, with blight and mildew, which will plague you until you perish. You see, God see sees his people. He knows his people. He knows them in and out, and he also knows when they turn away, when they walk away from him. You see, in times of drought, we begin to falter and fail and wither, as you saw see in this picture up here. In times of drought, we spiritually look and feel the same as you see up there. We begin to pull away from God. We begin to turn away from God. When I think about Jeremiah and the prospect that he had of telling everybody that there was going to be a drought, but not only just a physical drought, but also that they were going to be taken away from God. Not only do they not have that power pouring into them anymore from God, they also lose everything that they're going to have. They lose that relationship as children of God. In verse 6, he says, That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. When I think about Jeremiah and I think about God and I think about the people of Israel and I think about all the things that they have done, all the problems that they've had and all the times they've turned away from God, I wonder, how is that possible? How can you turn away from God so many times? How can you keep yourself separated from him the truth of the matter is is that god has given us time and time and time again chance after chance after chance the people of israel time after time after time were turning away from him they were pulling themselves away from him if you look in chapter 14 of Jeremiah, it says, this is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the drought. Judah mourns, her cities languish. They wail for the land and cries go up from Jerusalem. The nobles send their servants for water. They go to cisterns, but find no water. They return with their jars unfilled. Dismayed and despairing, they cover their heads. The ground is cracked because there is no rain in the land. The farmers are dismayed and cover their heads. Even the doe in the field deserts her newborn fawn because there is no grass. Wild donkeys stand on barren heights and paint pant like jackals. Their eyes fail for lack of food. Job twelve fifteen says, if he holds back the water, there is droughts. If he lets them loose, they devastate the land. First Kings 17, 1 says, now Elijah the Tribeshite from Chishib in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. You see, God takes and he puts us in places that he wants us to be. And all we have to do is listen to him and follow after him. But so many times in our lives we get stuck and we allow ourselves to step away. Or we focus our attention somewhere else but where it belongs, which is on God. In Jeremiah, his entire ministry was to tell the people of Israel, you failed. You're going to be separated from God permanently. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine being separated from God, being so dry, being so spiritually dead that you can't even fathom? Can you imagine not having that connection with God? Can you imagine not being able to reach out to him and share with him your pain and, and your hopes and your dreams? God even tells them, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, he is not going to listen. He tells uh, Jeremiah, don't go to the funerals. Don't shave your head. Don't mourn for these people because I've turned my back away from them because they have chosen to follow the things of the world they have chosen to turn away from me but then in jeremiah seventeen seven, it says this but blessed is the one who trusts in the lord whose confidence is in him james 4 8 says this draw near to god and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded Isaiah 44, 3 says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thy offspring. Sometimes, whenever we fall away from God, we turn ourselves to things of this earth and we turn ourselves away from the things that God wants for us. But what he says here in this verse is that he will turn to us if we return to him. The problem is, is that so many times we get lost in this world and the things of this world and we get so stuck and so dry in this spiritual drought that we can't seem to find the way out. We can't seem to find the right direction that God wants us to go because the world has cluttered and clouded everything. Everything is acceptable as long as it doesn't interfere with the other person once. You don't have to worry about going to God because you can do this. You can do that. You have self-help books. You can do all those things. But if you go back to what God says in Jeremiah um, 17, 5, he says, Cursed is the one who trusts a man who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That's what happens when we turn away from God. We begin to lose that spiritual fervor. We begin to lose that hope and that dreams. We see this morning that there's young people here who have that hope, who have that dream to go and to share and to tell other people about Jesus and to tell other people what God means to them, to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we don't have that spiritual drought that comes when we turn away from him. How many times can we turn away from God? How many times can we go away from him? How many times are you going to say, no, God, I got this. No, God, I'm going to go my own way. I can't tell you how many times in my life where I thought I would get going and I'd be like, okay, God, I got it. But I didn't. <laughs> okay, God, I got it from here. But no. <laughs> Every time we think that we've got it, that's when we begin to falter. That's when we begin to fail. Every time I thought that I was running, I began to stumble and fumble. So many times in our lives, we turn away from God and only to see disaster and drought. We lose that power, that connection with God, and we lose the ability to commune with him. And the truth of the matter is, is that everything that is good, everything that is great, everything that is special or even praiseworthy in this world comes from God. 
Jeremiah 17, 7 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Jeremiah 16, verses 14 through 17. However, the days are coming, declares the Lord, where it will no longer be said, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt. But it will be said, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries where he had banished them. For I will restore them to the land I gave their ancestors. Jeremiah 17 says, They will be like a tree planted by a water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. Psalm 63, 1 says, A psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Matthew 5, 6, 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. When you are lost in those deserts, when you are falling and failing and, and turned away from God, when God has, uh, when you feel like all hope is lost and you are abandoned, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Can you say, as David said, I shall seek you earnestly? Can you say that your soul thirsts? For him, for God, that your flesh yearns for God. Sometimes we are lost in this dry and weary land that we walk every single day and we begin to falter. We begin to fail and we begin to see that we cannot do it alone. Jeremiah 17, 8 also says, it has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Are you like a tree planted by the water? Are you like a tree that always is green and always bears fruit? Or are you withering in the drought-weary land, the dry land where there's nothing left? Are you withering in a place where you feel like everything is hopeless and lost? When you think of a drought... And you think of the time frame. Imagine going one day without drinking water. Imagine going two days. Imagine going a week. Imagine going two weeks, three weeks. But three years of drought. How do you survive? Where do you go? How long have you been in that drought? Spiritually this morning. How long have you been away from that power of the Holy Spirit? From the love of God? How long have you been turning to the things of this world, focusing on the things of this world rather than the things that are of him? Verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And then in verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Hebrews 10, says this, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and have our bodies washed with pure water. When I began thinking and studying about this and about droughts and how our 
physical bodies respond to being in a droughtful situation, how after just a day, you're tired and you're worn down and you're weary. After two days, your skin begins to peel and crack. After three days, your, your entire body begins to start shutting down. You begin to shrivel up. And yet, so many days we go without spiritually being connected with our Heavenly Father. So many days we go without walking with Him, without spending time with Him. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Paul says, be forever in contact with the Lord our God. Don't stop. There's no reason to. You don't have to be in a drought. You don't have to stay in that barren wasteland. You can be that tree that's planted by the water. You can be that tree which leaves are always green, who always bear fruit. The only question this morning is, are you going to be? You may think that, oh, it's fine, I'm, I'm fine, and my family has food on the table, or I have a house, or I have this, I have that. It's okay, I'm okay. But God wants to bless you abundantly. He wants to grow close to you. He wants to bring you out of that spiritual drought and make you into a tree that bears fruit always. When was the last time you felt God's moving in your heart? When was the last time you felt God's leading in the right direction? When was the last time you felt the power of the Holy Spirit in your heart telling you where to go? Telling you Letting you feel God's power. Once you feel that, once you have God's power in your heart and in your mind and in your life, you'll, you'll know the difference. You'll be able to sense the difference immediately. Every time Jesus healed somebody, every time Jesus was, was blessing somebody, he would feel the power leaving. In fact, there was a moment when Jesus felt the power go out of him when a woman just touched his cloak. You're going to know the difference. You're going to feel the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to feel God's love, and he's going to bring you out of those droughts, out of that time where you feel like nothing is working right. Everything is falling apart. And when you reach for God and you reach for that power of the Holy Spirit and it's not there, you're going to know it. You're going to feel it. But the only question is, is are you going to turn to him? The only question is, is are you going to speak to him and, and, and cry out to him? Jeremiah did the same thing. He cried out to God. He said, I know, God, you told me to do all this, but don't forget me. Don't forget your servant who's been faithfully serving you. If you go back to the book of Jeremiah, all throughout this, God is telling him, these people are going to be left. These people are going to be sent away. They're going to be captured in prison. They're going to die from famine and starvation because they chose not to follow me, because they chose not to worship me, because they chose. The choice is yours today. Are you going to choose to remain in that drought? I asked you at the beginning of the time together this morning, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. 
I can tell you all about the love of Jesus. I can tell you all about the power of Jesus. I can tell you all about the wonderful living water. Jesus said to the lady, the Samaritan woman who came to the well, and he said, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water, and I would give you living water so that you would thirst no more. I can't force you to leave that drought. I can't force you to come and to see the living water that comes from Christ but I can tell you this morning that your lives will be changed forever when you accept that living water, when you receive that living water, when you're like that tree that's planted by the spring that bears fruit in season and out. So maybe you've been in a drought for a while. This morning, it's time. It's time for you to leave that drought and to receive that living water that comes only from him. Because he will renew you. He will give you strength. He will empower you to do mighty things. Looking at Maddox this morning and what she said. Speaking to the junior soldiers. He will empower you to speak the truth. <coughs> even in moments when you feel the weakest. He will guide you. He will empower you. The only question is, will you turn to him? Will you follow him? Will you obey and listen to him? Or will you, like the Israelites, decide, I'm good, and stay in that drought, in that barren land? Because God has so much more for you this morning. So as the music plays this morning, I'm going to invite you to come. And if you've been stuck in that drought, that spiritual drought, he's here with us today. He hears you. He will listen to you. He will accept you. All you have to do is turn to him. You don't have to stay in that drought. You don't have to stay in that barren land. So as the music plays, won't you come this morning?